You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 129. The work-life balance, I think, is and not even balance. I call it more integration, but making sure that that work-life comes together in a way that works for the whole family is so key to your success because if you have anything in your life that's off, if you're not eating well or you're not sleeping well or your relationship's not great, your money is you know, a big mess. Any of these things are not going well and not, you know, the way you have peace about it, then it affects your business. It automatically affects your business. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, this is Meg Rentschler welcoming you to another episode of the Star Coach Show. It is wonderful to have you here. I hope that your spring is going well. We're beginning to get all sorts of new buds and green grass here in Texas. I know in different parts of the world, spring might not be as far along as it is here. And in other parts of the world, it is further along than it is here. But wherever you are listening from, welcome, welcome. It is fabulous to have you here. And we're going to be focusing today on how to be successful financially in that we're going to cover some tips and strategies to look at whether you're a small business owner or in fact handling household finances. Whatever that is, our guest today, Candace Bax-Friesen, is going to be sharing some of the strategies that she uses with her clients as a financial coach. Now, before I tell you more about Candace, I want to let you know that I am super excited. I've been working on creating a wisdom library for you through the membership site, looking to relaunch the membership site. And I've been listening to your feedback to create a site that is going to meet your needs by offering you additional resources, offering you a place to get your questions answered, and also a place where you can get together with other coaches and mentors and get some feedback on your coaching. It's all in the works. It's exciting. I'm pumped and really eager to bring it forward. So keep your ears open for that. And while I'm working on that, let's have you listen to my interview with Candace Bax-Friesen. Now, Candace is absolutely passionate about helping people reach their financial dreams in life and in their businesses. She's been a real estate investor since 2001 and has a candid approach to business and an affinity for getting past the fluff and getting into the root of each challenge for her clients so that they can get done what they need to get done. This has led her to being a highly sought after coach within finances and in 
real estate industry. Candace is talking to us from the great country of Canada, and we explore lots of different tips and strategies about what we want to be thinking about from that lens of finances. And actually, it kind of gets more holistic than that. We look at work-life balance across the board. So I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's go to our interview with Candice Bax-Friesen. Good morning, Candice. Welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thank you so much for having me. It is so much fun to have you. And we had, you reached out to me, which I appreciate, and shared a little bit about what you do, which is some dynamic stuff you've got going on. You've got your fingers in lots of different cookie jars and doing lots of different things. But can you share just a little bit about what you've, where you are now in what you do and sort of your passion behind that? Sure. Yeah. So I am currently a real estate agent in Manitoba in Canada, which is just above Minnesota and North Dakota for for the audience, mainly in the US. And to give you some reference, and I've also been doing a lot more coaching. So I started as a real estate agent. I've been doing that for about 12 years. But over time, real estate could be transactional. And so even though you do end up seeing people time and time again, it's, it's not sort of that really deep relationship that you can have when you're coaching people and and helping people through different things. And so to meet that need personally in my life and wanting to sort of have those deeper connections, I've started doing coaching about four or five years ago in two different areas, one being personal finance. and, And that came up mainly because, you know, helping people with real estate, you end up talking about their finances. And so that's sort of where that evolved from. And also doing sales training for agents, which can be, you know, their business or, you know, their personal life. Because as we know, as entrepreneurs and coaches, that all becomes one big intermingle ball of wax anyway. So yeah, so that's a little bit about me. And I've got four kids and great husband and yeah, life's good. Wonderful. And the age range of your kids? Five to 14. Five to 14. Boy, you've got a busy household. I guarantee you've got a busy household. So when we were talking about your expertise and linking that with different things that the audience can really zero in on and walk away with something that they can apply immediately, we thought Mm -hmm. it might be fun if you sort of treated the audience as though they were one of your financial coaching clients in that many, many of the audience have their own businesses. But Mm -hmm. even those that don't, we all have to deal with our finances. I have yet to meet anybody who doesn't ever have to worry about or just consider, not worry necessarily, but consider finances within their life. We have budgets to meet, we have bills to pay. So when you're working with your clientele around financial coaching? What are some of the things that you consider? So when it's a couple, one of the first things that comes up typically is that both people have come from, you know, what you're raised with in finances, how your parents treated money. 
either you latch on to that and that's what you believe as well, or you go the opposite way. So, you know, somebody who I know quite well, their parents didn't have a lot of money. So he wasn't able to, you know, he never got a lot of gifts as a kid. But then as an adult, he did the opposite. He's like, my kids are getting everything, right? And so you have one person's history and what they've learned about money and another person's, typically they're the opposite because opposites attract. And so you have this, yeah, dynamic that can be very difficult, right? To, to figure out, you know, what are our goals? What, what are our values? And, you know, something's going to have to give, right? As in any relationship. And so the communication around that is huge too. Another thing with money is a lot of people will hide spending habits and not want to deal with it, right? And so you've got that sort of secret element that can come up as well, where mm-hmm. people aren't always being honest about money. So it's something that's often, you know, people don't talk about it in general. And within a relationship, it's not often talked about either. So money can be a real hot point. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, as as a marriage therapist for years and years before I became executive coach, you know, relate like in-laws, money, and sex tended to be the three hot points that brought people in for for counseling. So when you when you're working with small business owners around mm-hmm. their finances and I would assume many real estate agents are are your, you know, they're they're that's their small business. What are some of the things that you want to increase awareness about for your clients and help them? What exactly would you say the goal is? What do you what do you coach toward yeah. when you're a financial coach? Right. So a lot of times when, when somebody's self-employed or in the sales field, a lot of times what we look at is we've come from the typical nine to five wage job. And so we know what our income is. And then we work backwards and we say, okay, our budget has to be based on our income. And with sales, you can actually do the opposite. So you can say, okay, so here's my household expenses. Here's my business expenses. And what do I want to build into that for fun or retirement or, you know, some of these other things, right? So you can actually work backwards to say, okay, now this is my sales goal based on my expenses. And so it's a different concept that people have to sometimes get their head around because we're used to doing the opposite. Okay, well, my life is going to be this based on this income. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very different, different thing to wrap your head around. Well, it's one of the things that you and I talked about in our pre-interview that sometimes one of the couple is an entrepreneur and the other the spouse isn't necessarily comfortable with that. Now, I I shared with you that I went into my own business in 1990. I've been married to my husband for 32 years. He was born and raised in a, well, in the Flint area. So he was from a Mm -hmm. GM, General Motors family, and sort of that cradle to grave. So that's sort of my husband's mentality. And when I left the corporation that I worked at and went Mm -hmm. into private practice back in 1990. Okay, so that's a few minutes ago. And he st- I, th- I think he still is, I think if he was, you know, really honest, his comfort level would be that I have a job that is just a job because that's just what he's used to, even though right. all these years, yeah. I would think that maybe he's not used to that. So do you ever run into things like that? Yeah. Entrepreneurs? Yeah. Or the spouse will say, well, like they almost treat it like it's a little bit of a hobby or, 
well, you don't really work full time. Like they don't see everything that you do in a business, you know? So like, why don't you have more time to do things like you're working at home? Can't you also manage that too? So I think there's a misconception sometimes, especially when it's a home-based or, you know, when you're an online business that, well, that's not really a serious business because really you're, you're just at home, right? And so trying to, again, yeah, for people who come from Again, like you were explaining, you know, it's not only your husband, but it's what he grew up with again, right? And right. so we go back to what they grew up with as kids. But, you know, it's nothing that's wrong. It's just yeah. that's what you're used to. Yeah. And so we're well, obviously that. he's adjusted. I mean, he has not been in a state of high anxiety for the past 30 yeah. years that I've been in business. But it has, you know, it's just one of those things we need to acknowledge and and find our rhythm with because then I think that on the other side of that, there's been a level, you know, flexibility in a way. Mm -hmm. And, and we were able, you know, I'm able to adjust my schedule when we had small kids and he, so, so I think there's some benefits, but I think what I'm hearing is that we need to communicate. And as the coach with, if you're focused on couples, you're Mm -hmm. helping with that dynamic of communication and how we're going about our financial goals. Yeah. And a lot of people too, as relationship coaches or in different areas, right? They they tend to avoid the money piece again, because we're all uncomfortable with money. And so it's good to have a relationship with another coach to say, you know, this couple needs the money piece, please help them with that. And obviously it's the money coach to say, hey, you know, I've got someone who's got issues with their relationship that I can't talk about that kind of stuff because I'm not comfortable with. So you need to help them with this. So, so important to network as coaches and help each other out and have a really good team behind you, right? Absolutely. So what kinds of systems do you help your clients deal with when you're operating from that place of financial coach? So on a personal level, it's, you know, some of the basic things of budgeting. And, you know, oftentimes we're looking at saving money, but maybe people want to look at getting a second job or starting, you know, a a business on the side and some of these different things. And and really just acknowledging that there's trade-offs, right? We can't have it all. So what is most important needs versus wants, you know, all of these types of conversations that are really important. And how open do people tend to be in actually sort of getting naked about their finances with with you as their coach? Once people come to me at that point, they're ready, you know. So it's not something that, you know, you can go to a dinner party or a networking group and say, hey, who wants to talk about money, right? But once you're coming and having that one-on-one conversation, then you know, at that point, they're ready, right? So what else do you do when your work? So you've got, let's say, we're not even pretending, many of our audience are new coaches, they're leaving this, the other job they had, like you talked about, maybe they Mm -hmm. worked for an organization or something else, and they've decided that they're going to hang their shingle, they're going to be, um, be a coach, maybe they've gotten their certification. And now they're in that place of how do I what are some of the things I need to consider Mm -hmm. to be successful in this new venture? from the financial standpoint. Okay. So if you can plan ahead, then hopefully you've got a plan to transition yourself. So either you're going to keep that nine to five and do the coaching on the side and build that up slowly. Mm -hmm. Or if you're just cutting, cutting the ties and leaving the job. And sometimes you have to, if you're going to end up coaching or consulting in a similar field to what you were doing already as your job, then you've got to have, yeah, a bit of a plan, right? So either you've got some savings or you're maybe 
maybe you're refinancing your house or you're able to make it on one income. Obviously, you know, when you relook at, again, your budget and you can say, okay, well, I, I'm not going to have the fuel to drive to my job. I'm not going to maybe be spending as much on lattes and all these different things, eating out. And I won't necessarily need to buy a whole new wardrobe every year. I can probably manage with this because I'm going to be working from home and it's not the same type of environment and things like that, right? So there can be adjustments where you won't have to spend as much. Um, obviously, you could write off some of your house if you're going to be working from home. So that'll bring down your income as well. But the biggest thing is just to really focus in on how are you making the income. So people think, okay, I can just put this online. Everybody's going to call me just like a real estate agent. Oh, I know lots of people. So people will just call me to sell their houses, but you really have to be getting out there and hustling. And so just putting an ad on Facebook that, you know, this is what you do is not going to be enough. So one of the things that we talked about was that networking And taking the time to build those relationships is so key. When you think about networking, what do you share with the clients that you work with about the importance of that and maybe even some how-tos about that? Sure. So you can look at step number one is, you know, people who know you and like you and trust you are going to be like very much your first clients, right? So it's not going to be a stranger. It's going to be people that you know. So often the first step is to write down the names of all those people, gather all their information and let them know. Now, again, we can't just let them know once. We have to be pretty regular and in their face because people forget. And it's not that they, you know, you can't take offense with it. It's just people are busy, lives are busy. And so we have to just continually remind people, this is what I do. Second of all, we forget about all the people that they know. So just like we have a list of maybe 200 people that we know, they also have people that they know. And so it's being able to have the right conversations with people to say, you know, who do you know who needs my services? Or who do you know who's looking for this, right? Or Mm -hmm. who's struggling with this? And so we tend to forget that second step. And that's where we get the big numbers of who we can all access as clients, right? So the first step is looking at who do we know and making sure that they know but also expanding that out and be able to access other people. And part of that too can be networking. So if you're talking to people and they're like, oh yeah, I'm just off to a Toastmasters meeting. Well, hmm, maybe I want to join Toastmasters. That's a way I can meet new people in the community, right? If people hate public speaking and just the word Toastmasters is like, no. There's so many different avenues, right? There's so much going on in communities and it doesn't have to be strictly related to your field. We deal with people and people are everywhere. And so, you know, if you're into dogs or, you know, rescue, you know, connect with people that have a similar interest to you and just let them know what you do, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. While we want to let people know what we do, we also want to be sure that we're establishing that relationship or that we're building. So that's not always all about us. So I think all of us can probably think of a time that we've been at a party or at a networking event where it's all about the person that we're talking to. So I think this is a a good place to also kind of put in there that if you're genuinely interested in the other person and what interests them and Mm -hmm. and in the conversation that way, then they're going to be that much more interested in also learning about you. And 
and I think that that's just foundational to coaching. Yeah. If if you're setting up from the networking that it's all about you, then what is the person going to potentially think a session is like? It's all right. about you. So we want to be sure that they understand that it's all about them. Yet at the same time, I love Candace that you said, you know, who none of us are infants. So we've had the opportunity to meet people. Yeah. And I think that in, in general, people, you know, are interested in one another and what mm-hmm. is it that you're, that you're doing? And to this day, even though coaching is more, it's becoming more mainstream than it was, yeah. some people still don't really know, I mean, or many mm-hmm. times, what an executive coach does, what a life coach does, what a relationship right. coach does, what a real estate coach does. I mean, we might sort of think we have an idea of what that is, but I don't know that we really do. I don't know that my family, like my extended family, really understands what I do, even right. though I share with them what I yeah. do. So. Yeah. Asking key questions is always important in any relationship, whether that's like you said, at a networking event or meeting with, with people like, yeah, it can't all be all about you for sure. And I think also the follow-up is key because that's also where you again build the relationship, right? It's really hard to have a strong relationship when you're, you know, standing at a dinner party. You want to, if you have a great connection, be able to say, Hey, how about we go for coffee next week and just schedule that in right away with that person. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And even if you're getting business cards from people and, you know, following up with an email, one of the, uh, a tip I heard from, and I'm not even sure who it was, said, you know, when you're visiting and you get their card, when you have a second, write something that that they told you personal about themselves on the yeah. back of their card so that when yeah. you're following up via email or a telephone call, you can ask, you know, how's your, how was your daughter's recital or yeah. how did that, you know, that endeavor that you were working on go? So it's always about building that relationship. Yeah. And then that ultimately hopefully will generate business, which brings us back around to the financial aspects of keeping that sort of that pipeline full, keeping it's so there's a balance that has to happen between building our business and doing our business. What thoughts do you have about that when you're working with people about getting their business to a place that they want and then keeping it that way? Yeah. So that's what I call the roller coaster. You know, we're digging deep, we're trying to cultivate things, you know, we're planting the seeds. And then it's, you know, the garden starts to grow. Now we've got lots of clients, we're busy, 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 we don't have time to talk to anybody anymore and do the networking. And then you kind of crash because they all sort of are, are done with their coaching or their business or transaction. And then it's like, oh, no, and then start cultivating again and start digging deep and networking. And so just be able to make sure that you're constantly trying to feed that business. Like you said, fill that funnel. And so you can't stop. And, you know, I have realtors who say, okay, well, this is all fine and dandy, but what about when I'm in the business 20 years? And I said, no, those, those agents, you know, or or people like yourself who have been a coach for many years, you know, you can't ever stop. I've never heard of anyone who's successful who says, oh yeah, I don't, I don't network anymore. I never pick up the phone anymore. People just walk through my door. It just doesn't happen, right? But that's what we see and that's what we think. Mm-hmm. And so so it's so important to take these this perception off and just do the work, right? Just keep doing the work and not be saying, oh, well, 
I don't think they do that, so I don't have to do that, right? Because what we see on social media and, and all these judgments that we make can be so limiting for us in a lot of ways. No mm -hmm. different than a relationship coach or a financial coach. You know, you might think, oh, well, I don't, I'm not going to talk to them. They've got the perfect marriage. Meanwhile, they're struggling, right? And mm -hmm. same with me. Oh, it looks like they've got their finances together. Well, meanwhile, that, that image is actually piles of debt, right? Mm -hmm. And so we just have to be so careful not to prejudge, but just keep making the phone calls, letting people know that we can help them. And I think probably yourself too, you know, we're always surprised that, oh, they need help, right? Or, right. And, yeah, and just make that move to help them out in. So I love that you said, you know, we don't want to prejudge. And then the other side of that is we don't want to make an assumption that we know about that person. So it's yeah. just kind of letting people know what you have to offer, what the results of that are, and being willing to kind of ask, who do you know that might need, even, you know, might need the wisdom that comes from the blog that I put out or, right. you know, who I'm asking people all the time, who do you think would benefit from the hearing this podcast? Because yeah. the content is going out for a reason It's mm -hmm. going out to hopefully help people. So my listeners know more people than I do because it, exactly. it multiplies, right? So the same kind of thing. I love that, Candace. Don't prejudge, but at the same time, don't make an assumption that you know about that person. Just ask whether they would benefit mm -hmm. from your services or if yeah. they know anyone who would benefit from your services. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many times where people are like, they give you suggestions for your business, right? Because, but they're not going to just come up to you and give you a suggestion, right? But when you're talking about what you do, like, hey, have you ever considered that, right? So an example would be somebody had said, well, maybe you could make a connection with financial coaching and a doctor because if people have stress and they're going to the doctor and they bring up money, maybe they need to know, the doctor needs to know that there's an option, that there is financial coaching. It's like, oh, fair enough. That's a great idea. And then, you know, again, I didn't, didn't act on it right away, but a couple of weeks later, a month later, I had, and was in my own doctor's office just for a regular checkup. And I was like, yeah, you know, you know, she's asking how I'm doing. And obviously knowing I'm a realtor, she always asks about stress. No, everything's going well. And I said, yeah, I'm doing financial coaching as well. I don't know if I've ever talked to you about that. But she's like, you know what? I went to a seminar once for doctors and they said that that would actually be a really great part, you know, to have a financial coach as part of a practice and, you know, to have an office there, just like a whole bunch of other different services, right? And so again, it's nothing that's in place right now, but there's a seed planted already in her brain about it. We connected, right? And that's how it always goes, right? It's these little connections and then they all come together and then there's opportunity. So you just have to keep having the conversations and don't be shy. Excellent. What about those dreaded things like keeping up with the books and and getting ready for taxes? And this is tax season right now. Yeah. What, how do you work with your clients around either increasing their awareness about that or specific mm -hmm. steps that you that you recommend? Mm -hmm. On the personal finance level, always having that emergency fund, I think is really important. So, you know, if you if you always get a refund and suddenly you don't, or your business does better than you think, and now you owe taxes that you weren't counting on, right? Things happen. So I think having just a bit of an emergency fund on the side is always really important. But as your business grows, you know, for, for the coaches out there, that's one of the first things that I recommend to people is to get a bookkeeper. So sometimes we think we need an assistant, but even if you can just have all the books managed, you know, at first people usually will start on their own, but if you can have an accountant or a bookkeeper 
at least stay on top of the books, then that's so important. Because now, like you said, you get to tax time. Well, at that same time, because this is how life works, that's when you're going to suddenly have tons of leads, right? In your business. So your business is going to be super busy. And then it's like, oh, you know what? Why didn't I do the taxes back in November, right? Why didn't I keep on top of this? So if you can just get that book stuff out of the way, so many people, again, it's not their forte anyway. It's not what they love. So get that off your plate. Keep focusing on your business, which is your passion anyway. Make more money while you're working in your business. Offload the stuff you hate to do. Or, you know, that could be hiring a house cleaner. Or, you know, there's just right. these little steps that we can do that make our life more enjoyable and take the things that we don't like to do anyway off our plate. Well, and I would think if somebody had a, a consultation with a bookkeeper and sort of explained what their business was, they would be able to say, you know, if for X number of hours a month, I can mm -hmm. kind of help keep up with your, it's not like you would need to hire somebody full time and have them on no. your books full time. You're just hiring somebody to cover your book. And that's what bookkeepers do. They have several clients that, that they take care of that part of their business for them. So yeah, it might be well worth doing some exploration in your area about who works with small businesses as, mm -hmm. as a bookkeeper or an accountant. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to, usually they pay for themselves, right? Because they've got the systems already figured out. So they, you know, help you figure out how to get the paperwork to them or whatever that is, whatever that looks like. So they create the systems. You don't have to, you don't have that big mound of paper at the end of the year that's old, like daunting. And you're like, Ugh, I don't even know where to start with that. And again, it's all that stress around, that piece of the puzzle, right? So yeah, just to offload that, they know what they're doing. They can often find little things that you maybe don't know. So even though you're paying them, if they can pay for themselves by giving you some tips and making everything easier and quicker, mm -hmm. then it's worth it. Good, good information. Anything else that I haven't asked you that you find to be just key in the work that you do with your clients? Especially with small business owners, there's just that work-life balance. And I think as women too, you know, when you've got kids and you've got to take care of the household and, you know, even, you know, myself, my husband does a lot of all of that, but it's still that, oh man, like I, I should be home more or oh, I'm working a lot. And, you know, there's always that, that guilt in the back of your mind, right? So mm -hmm. the work-life balance, I think is, and not even balance, I call it more integration, but making sure that that work-life comes together in a way that works for the whole family is so key to your success. Because if you have anything in your life that's off, if you're not eating well, or you're not sleeping well, or your relationship's not great, your money is, you know, a big mess. Any of these things are not, you know, not going well and not, you know, the way you have peace about it, then it affects your business. It automatically affects your business. And so if you can take these little pieces and say, you know, I, I don't exercise every day, but I, I'm committing to exercising a couple times a week. I'm making sure I've got a date night lined up and it's scheduled with my hus husband. I'm making sure that I'm getting to at least a few kids events every week, right? And so the more that you can create those boundaries and have all the different areas of your life kind of covered off, the more that you're going to be able to not have that in the back of your mind again as a stressful point, but just be able to push through and sell 
more and have a growing business. Excellent. Well, thank you for bringing your expertise on the show and spending time with me today. It was so good to meet you and I so appreciate all of your information. You're welcome and thanks for providing such a great service for for people. I, I love this concept of the podcast and just that you are pouring in so much information for for your viewers. It's great. Awesome. So there you go. I hope you're walking away with at least one new thing that you can apply in the way you look at your finances, the way you network, the way you find a balance in your life. I want to thank Candice again for coming and sharing her expertise with us. If you'd like to know more about Candice, her links are in the show notes at starcoachshow.com. If you're enjoying the show, I would so appreciate a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Every positive rate and review we receive increases the visibility of our show and other coaches will find us and also benefit from the information being shared. We have so many fabulous shows coming up. I was just looking at my interview calendar over the next couple months. It is filled with exciting interviews that are going to just, they're going to rock your world and I, and I can't wait to bring them to you. So be sure to tune in again next week as we explore more strategies, tools, and resources for coaches. Visit us at the Star Coach page on Facebook. And until next week, here's to your coaching success. This is Meg Rentschler. Have a fantastic one.